God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're in this place. We're thankful, God, that your compassion, Lord, is rich in this place, Jesus. We're thankful, God, that you are at work in us. And Lord, I pray as you're stirring, I pray as you are moving in lives across this congregation, God, that you'll truly bring healing, that you'll truly bring restoration. And Lord, I pray that our eyes, God, will be dialed in to see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing amongst us. Lord, I pray that we will capture your heart today, Lord, as we, as we allow you to move in us. I pray that you'll stir our, our spirit for more and more of you, God. Let, let us truly have the awe of God. Let us truly recognize that, that you are the Lord. And God, you are able to do far more than we can even imagine or think. And Lord, forgive us for putting you in a box. Forgiving us, forgive us for putting you in a place that has so many limitations. And Lord, today I pray that you will heal our land, that you'll heal, heal our heart, that you'll bring restoration to us, that you'll bring freedom in us. And Lord, that you will bind us together with your love, Lord Jesus. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us, Jesus. Lord, we need you now more than ever, God. We need you now more than ever, Lord Jesus. The world is raging and waging war against us. The enemy is recognizing that his time is limited. And Lord, more than ever, God, we need to run into the strong tower, which is you. We need to abide in the shelter of the Almighty. Lord, but we do that to be quickened. We do that to be empowered. We do that, Lord, so that we can find the strength that we need to be able to carry the message to a world who is lost and a people who need to be made alive in you, Jesus. Have your way in us, Jesus. Have your way in us, Jesus. Have your way in us, Lord. If you feel comfortable doing so, would you just reach over and touch the person's shoulder beside you? Can we believe together right now? Lord, I pray for my brother and my sister. I pray that today, God, you will bring hope and life into them. Lord, the struggle that they've been carrying, the weight and burdens that they have allowed to hinder or to distract. I pray that today our eyes will be open and that our heart will be in tune, God, to your plan and your will as we surrender to you, Jesus, as we truly desire for you to direct our path and to lead us. Bring hope in them, bring life in them. Bring healing and truth today, Jesus. Let them be made whole today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Is he good? Come on. Come on. He's good. Sit down for a minute. It might be a blessing this morning that the copier didn't work. Straggler. Man, God is up to something big. Amen. Not just for Sunday, but just for... I believe the Lord is up to something big for, for Amcog. I just 
sense there's a new, fresh word, a new, fresh clarity that God wants to give. And, and I'm, I'm even excited, like, celebrate recovery. We're changing directions and, and, and really excited about what the Lord is going to be doing in our celebrate recovery and um, looking forward to the, to the worship and, and message tomorrow night as well. I just believe the Lord is stirring in all facets. He really wants us to be made whole. He really wants us to experience His love. You know, this past week, <clears throat> four different times, with four different people, has stirred me with these words, your first love, your first love. Now, I mean, I'm like, Lord, I, I, I love you. <laughs> but man, over and over again, it was so clear, your first love. And so I was drawn to two different passages Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 7, but also Psalms chapter 42 and 43. And I want us to take a few moments and, and look at both of those passages. Because I believe that the Lord is about to do something big. <laughs> Amen. Revelation chapter 2. So my wife was not with me this weekend. So I have forgotten my glasses. My printer didn't work. Now I did eat. Had a great daddy-daughter date. And so, and then she made sure that I ate the rest of the weekend. But I might be a little discombobulated because, you know, I didn't have the boss. I mean, I didn't have the wife at home. But God is good. The angel of the Lord, the angel sorry, of the church of Ephesus, write these things. It says, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot hear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and I found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and I have not and have not become weary. Aren't you glad the Lord knows you? When she began to read that a few moments ago, it just said, Thank you, Lord. The Lord knows you. The Lord knows your ups and downs. The Lord knows your struggles. The Lord knows, man, I am going to look good today. Come on. Yes, thank you, Lord. I feel like Sally Jesse Raphael right now. To recognize that, one, this is the Lord. And that he is walking amongst us. When it says he's walking amongst the lampstands, he's walking amongst us. I mean, this is the Lord who has us in his hands. Some would say the stars represents the pastors of these churches. And I would say that it represents 
the body of Christ, the members of the church, so to speak. And so here he is. He's not only is he walking amongst us, but he's got us in his hands. Aren't you glad the Lord knows you? Aren't you glad that God has you in his hands? Aren't you glad that God cares about you? And here he is. He knows everything about you. He knows your labor. How many times do we get weary in well-doing? How many times do we get frustrated in trying to fulfill the purpose of God in our life? How many times do we truly, as we're walking this journey out, say, Lord, I don't know what to do, and I'm just tired? We get that way. And then there's the other side. There's sometimes that we are so busy doing outside things that we have not turned our eyes to him. It goes on and says, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do your first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this this you have, that you, ha- that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the, uh, says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give you to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And, you know, what I recognize, there's two different things here. It didn't say that you lost your first love. Because a lot of times I think that we, we look at lost relationships. We think, well, I must have lost. I don't feel like I, I, I experienced God anymore. I feel tired. I feel weary. I feel like, you know, does God even love me? Does God even care? I, I wonder, is God even real? I mean, we live in a generation who's questioning God. And, and the reality is, is because We are so caught up in worldly things. Do we recognize the presence of God? Are we willing to submit to the will of God? Are we willing to allow God to speak to us? Are are we willing to obey God when he speaks? Because why would God speak if we're not willing to listen? It says you have left your first love. I mean, if we looked at lost, we could see the woman who lost the coin, the lost coin. And how she scurried through the house, how she swept every closet, how she looked around trying to find the lost coin because she knew the value of it. She knew how important it was. She knew that it was something she had need of or the pearl of great price that that willing to go buy a field, willing to go and search the field over to find what they had lost. But there's a difference between lost and left. And, And I think the underlying current is that that we have forgotten the value of our relationship with God. We've forgotten the depths and the necessity that we can't get to heaven without God. And I had a, a tragic funeral to do this past week and another one to do this evening. And it pains my heart because these are folks that have no connection with the body of Christ. It pains my heart to to realize there was a grandfather who was a pastor in this family, but somewhere along the way, they left their first love. Somewhere along the way, they've lost their, their way. And though you can hear the religious overtones, and though you can hear them speaking words, well, I just know the Lord has taken them, and I'm thinking, do they know the Lord? Who has told them? Who has invested in them? Who has given them truth? Who has walked this journey with them? Yes, they can speak spiritual overtones, but do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And how do you know if you're uh, uh, say? How do you know if you're walking with Christ Jesus? 
Because the Word of God says that they'll know you by the fruits that you bear. I told somebody the other day, I said, please make, please make the pastor's life easier. Live for Jesus while on earth. I mean, look, I'm so thankful that, that we live in a Bible belt. Amen? We're not pressured by as much by the overtones of society to push us in one direction or another. Is it around us? Absolutely. Is it getting stronger? Absolutely. And, how, and, and therefore, even more now than ever before, we need to get close to Jesus. We need to draw near to Him. We need to allow this Word to, be, to, to truly live in us. Because, look, we're coming to a, a time and, and we can complain and we can argue and we can f- fight but the reality is, is we're coming to a time where if you don't have this in your heart, will you have it at all? We've got to live this out. We've got to draw near to him. We need to allow the Spirit of the Lord to start giving revelation to us. We can talk about eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. But the reality is the next verse, verse says, but I have... Revealed it to you by my spirit. God wants to reveal truth to us. He wants to reveal life to us. He wants to to allow us to experience his presence. But the only hindrance is, what is our relationship like with him? What is it? I mean, look, you can be the most theologically astute person and still not be in right relationship with God? I mean, didn't Harvard start out as a religious institution? Didn't Yale start out as a religious institution? And where, where are they now? How far have they fallen from what their beginnings were? Oh, Pastor, we're, we're good Pentecostal folks. Man, you know we love Jesus. That's where it all started. John Wesley was the, the mover and shaker of, of the Methodist church, right? It was the Methodist church that was on fire for God. It was the Methodist church where Brush Harbor meetings were taking place, where the Spirit of God was falling in those places. It was the Methodist church who were, who were so evangelistic that they were reaching nations, and it is the Methodist church today that you heard one of the pastors from, from Awake 21 as he stood up and said, I'm, I'm literally being pressured by my denomination to accept the things that are ungodly and not of the word of God. We need a passion so deep in us like the Ephesians church, look, were they bad? Jesus, Jesus, if anything, we should follow the pattern of them as far as their service. They were not willing to allow the false doctrines of the world to infiltrate. They, they were not willing to allow those who claimed to be apostles to come in and they recognized them as liars. They, they were so caught up in the service and making sure that there was a doctrinal fidelity, and that's exciting. But what are we doing it for? What is our purpose in it? Everybody needs Jesus. Because we need the Lord Jesus Christ. In your bulletin this morning, we put out some core values and the, the very First one, this is what we hope that we can attain to and that we can hold each other accountable in. But the very first one is being spirit-led. And for, for some, that, that, that word, being spirit-led, has different ideas. 
for those who were raised in a dynamic, holiness, Pentecostal church, uh, spirit-led is when the preacher doesn't preach and the music and the Lord just takes over and woo, we just shout. And there's some good things in allowing the Lord to move because we want to see God move. Amen? But also spirit-led is being obedient to the Word of God. Allowing the Word of God to speak to us and walking in obedience to that Word. I mean, you can read Revel- uh, sorry, Romans chapter 8 and see what it means to walk in the Spirit of God. And we need to walk in the Spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? So that we will not walk as a matter or according to the flesh with our own ambitions and our own ideas and our own mentality of what we think God should do or shouldn't do, but otherwise truly surrendered and submitted to Him saying, God, have your way. Amen? But you know, how do we get at that place? Because some of us have gotten so stuck in a rut that we don't even realize how far we've gone. We don't even take into consideration the depths of our relationship with God any longer because it's just a part of the routine of life. It's just a part of, well, church is just what we do. Right? Oh God, oh me, Lord help me. It just becomes such a normality of what things happen. And, and I'm not saying that you come without purpose. I'm not saying that you come and don't receive. But I am saying this nugget that we come into this place for an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes. That This nugget is not meant to be your only relationship with God. It's not meant to be the only time that you are receiving from the Word of God. This is just, this is just the, the icing on the cake. This is just the moment where we as the body of Christ come together and the Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, 25, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as a matter of some, right? Because this is important for us to come together. It's important for us to linger. It's important for us to mingle because we need each other. We need to see others worshiping God. We need to see others drawing near to God. We need to see others being healed, delivered, and set free. We need to see others going through the same struggles that we go through or something similar and seeing them finding victory. We need, we need this. That's why we come together. But we also need to go deep into God's Word. We need to go deep in that relationship with God on a daily basis so we're seeking the face of God and God's speaking to us. And so that when we come into this place, we don't come in to be lifted up. We come in to exalt His name. Because as much as I'm so thankful for a praise team who loves God, who's praying, who's preparing, their job is not to cheerlead us into heaven. Their job is not to get the pom-poms out and say, Come on, guys, come on, worship! Their role is to worship. And because we have come in with a mentality of worship, because we have been with the Master all week long, we come together and we just join in in the celebration of heaven as those that are around the throne singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we just join the heavenly host and we begin worshiping together and the heavenly host begins to open up to us and we see the presence of God moving and we, we come and we are freshed and healed by His presence. Amen. Woo. <laughs> Where's the shout at now? Come on. Come on. Oh, Howie and Mary, man, they, they were on vacation and got, got stuck in Jamaica for an extra week. But in the room, we had to stay in the room. They, one, one, test, one tested positive for COVID a week ago, and, but now you're tested negative in your home, and praise God, right? Oh, to be stuck in Jamaica. <laughs> Man, 
there's different opinions on who wrote this, but in Psalms 42, some would say that David wrote this in, in the struggle as Absalom was trying to take over. And, and here's what he wrote. As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul, so pants my soul for you, O God. You hear that? What a longing, right? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Oh, man. What a desire that is, right? Lord, I just can't wait. I can't wait. Lord, when, 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 we, when we go get together, God? When can we spend time? Man, these 12-hour shifts are driving me crazy, God. I just... I just I can't wait to get home. I've got to spend some time with you. Right? Man, I've been putting up with the devil all day long. I'm going to get home and I'm just going to isolate for a few moments because I've got to get with the King of kings and Lord of lords. I've got to get a fresh word. I've got to be lifted up. I've got to experience God. Amen? So many times I say, well, I'm too busy to spend time with God. Look, you're too busy not to spend time with God. Some of, the, some of the greatest revivalists in the past talk about how they were running revivals here and were running revivals there. And, 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 and one particular guy said, I have to spend at least two hours with God a day because if I don't, I don't, I don't feel prepared. And they said, how do you have time? He says, it's not a matter of if I have time. It's a matter of it's his time anyway. Amen. Because if I'm spending time with God, God will redeem the time. Amen. He will make sure that you get the things done you need to get done. If you'll just honor him, if you'll just obey him, if you'll just say, Lord, I need you. I can't wait for you. I can't wait another day, another hour, another minute. I've got to spend time. Sometimes you just got to go in the bathroom of the workplace and say, God, I need you. God, I can't do this without you. God, they're driving me crazy out there but I'm submitted to you. Let me be a light for you, God, but let your light shine through this vessel. Amen? Psalmist said, my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where's your God? And then he starts reminding himself, look, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. I for I used to go. See, I used to go. I used to go. I used to go with the multitudes. I went with them to the house of God. And, and, and the illusion here is that I used to have a voice of joy. I used to have a voice of praise. Come on. With a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. And then he looks internally. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for, for the help of his countenance. <laughs> I don't know where your mental, emotional, physical state is. But for so long, we would write off things in the past when people had emotional wounds because the church didn't understand it. You just need Jesus. Well, that's not a lie. That's true. But we have to be willing to understand that people have emotional wounds. People have been abused. People have faced hardships. People have faced traumatic, extreme traumatic situations. You don't write that off. David was facing an extreme traumatic situation. In today's society, he would be considered depressed. In today's society, he might consider that he has PTSD or whatever. And he was struggling. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? What, did, he, did he have a reason? Yes. 
Come on. Was it all right for him to say that to God? Yes. We get to this place where we can't talk to God because we think that God, God doesn't understand me. The great thing that I love about David is that he was real. He was real with his anger. He was real with his emotions. He was real with who he was. He didn't try to hide himself from God. Lord, here I am. When I sinned, he said, I've sinned. When he's broken, I'm broken. When he's afraid, I'm afraid. When he's angry, I'm angry. When I'm depressed, here I am, God. think too many times that we're not authentic with each other and because we're not authentic with each other how can we be authentic to God we're walking around broken and we're so afraid to tell somebody because we don't want anybody to think differently of us but this is the place where we find healing and hope this is the place where we embrace each other this is the place where we say man I'm walking with you you're not alone we're here together we're here to encourage one another come on <laughs> but sometimes you got to talk to yourself, don't you? Sometimes you got to look at yourself and say, Self, hope in God. <laughs> hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. In other words, no matter what, no matter how I feel, no matter how low I get, you better praise himself. Sometimes you got to shake yourself loose, right? You got to say, mm, I'm tired of this feeling. I'm t-. You know, there's a saying basically that you'll never find recovery or help until, until you're tired of the way you're living. You'll never get out of the situation you're in until you get disgusted with the situation. People go back into abusive situations over and over again because they've, they've never gotten tired of it, I guess. They've broken. Their mind, the mindset has been broken, and they don't realize that there's so much better, and God has so much. Amen. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help, for the help of his countenance. There's, there's, this is the way the older manuscripts read this, and this is the New King James Version, and, and, and I like the way it says it because help my countenance. What's your countenance? God, I'm walking weak. God, I'm, I'm walking overwhelmed. God, I'm walking with all of the pressure and I don't feel good. But God, help my countenance. Show yourself to me. Strengthen me. Let me find my hope in you. Let me find my rest in you. Let me know that, that you are my strength. Because you know what? This is the way I feel. Oh, my soul. My soul is cast down within me. I'm depressed. Christians shouldn't be depressed. Isn't that, what we, isn't that, isn't that a common thread? Christians shouldn't be depressed. Shouldn't and are are two different things. We fight the feelings that, that are in this flesh. And there's times that it's kind of like the man who came to Jesus with, with his child and says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, Christians shouldn't doubt. There's moments that we don't, that we don't, there's moments we doubt. There's moments that we're feeling depressed. There's moments that we're struggling But therefore, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from the hill of Mazar, deep calls to deep at the noise of your waterfalls, at the sound of your waterfalls. All the waves and billows have gone over me. 
The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the nighttime. His song shall be within me. Come on. I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but I can, I can assure you that every single person in this building could take a step closer to God. It's not condemning. It's reality. Every one of us could stay, take a step closer. Look, I envision this church to be a church of inner healing. I envision this church to be a church of deliverance where people can come in and whether they're being influenced by demonic or influenced by various outward things, I believe God's going to bring healing and deliverance in this church. I believe this is going to be a center for people to come and find help for their brokenness. I believe that. I sense it. I see it happening. But I also know that that the closer we get to the Lord, the more the enemy wants to divide. The more the enemy wants to tear down. The more the enemy wants to to try to hinder where we're going. And it's so much important that, that we don't allow the enemy to bring offense in us or through us. Amen? Because it's easy to allow things to stir us up in the wrong way, but the Lord says, let us stir one another up to love and to good works. To be united, to be focused in on his plan. And, and, and the thing that I encourage is that recognize that we're on the same team. And recognize that we are working together for a common purpose. What is that common purpose? That common purpose is what Jesus told us to do. To seek and to save the lost. Right? To serve one another. To make disciples. To send disciples. These are things that God called us to do. And if... And if we're working together, then praise God, let's find ways that we can see ourselves working together. And if there's any brokenness in us, if there's anything that's keeping us from fulfilling that role within the local body and in the community, then God, search our hearts and take anything that would hinder us away. I just want to know that I'm not caught up in the, the works of the kingdom but I'm caught up in the relationship with the king because if I'm in relationship with him seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that other stuff will work out this morning if you'd say pastor I need to take a step forward pastor I've let the things of this world so surround me that the noise of the world has become more consistent than the voice of the Lord. I haven't listened to God lately. I haven't spent time with Him lately. I haven't really allowed Him to influence me. I've allowed everything else to be the influence. That's you this morning. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm the first one here. Because it's easy to do. I want more of him. Is that your desire? If that's your desire, I know the music's not playing yet, but the word of God is sufficient to prick our heart this morning. If you say, Pastor, I need more, I need more of the Lord. Pastor, I have not focused on the Lord as much as I should. And today, I want to change that in my life. Today, I want to make that shift. Because I recognize my kids need Jesus. And they're looking at me. My kids need Jesus. And they're looking at me. And am I, be, am I being the disciple that I should be to my kids. If Can my kids walk out a Christian life 
for the way I'm living. If that's you, would you come? Would you find a place? Say, Lord, I need you more. Lord, I need you more. Lord, I need more of you, Jesus. Lord, draw us near. Lord, help us to be united in your presence and your purpose. Lord, help us to experience your love. Help us to allow your truth to be revealed. In Psalms 42, you showed us that it was as the light and the truth were revealed. That light and truth allowed you to walk in the freedom and the hope. And I pray that this morning that truth will rise up in us, that life will rise up in us. God, we need more of you, Jesus. It's so easy to be distracted, Lord. It's so easy to get caught up in life itself, the journey. But Lord, the journey is so much more peaceful when we know who's walking with us on the journey. The hope that we have in you is so much more real when we are truly allowing the daily relationship with you to grow and to flourish in our life. Lord, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Let your spirit flow through each one of us. Let us be centered in your perfect will and your plan. Let your life and hope shine through. Lord, let revelation and hope shine through. God, let this family know you today. Lord, let them experience your truth today. Let them know that your love is real, that your passion is for them. And God, I pray that you'll break off any religiosity that we have formed in us. Or it's just a ritual that we go through. But God, help us to recognize it's more than a ritual that we find. But it's a relationship that is deep. It's a relationship that is deep. And you're at work in us. You're at work in us. You are the strength of our life. You're the hope that we find. Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our ushers are going to pass out the elements for communion. And what a blessing it is to recognize the love of Christ for us and the sacrifice he made for us in such a time as this to recognize he's our first love because he first loved us. Thank you, Jesus. Keep on worshiping. Oh,
sacrifice so that we could draw near to him. If you want to stand together, stand together. He made an amazing sacrifice for us to think of the magnitude of what he did. God of God, the I am, left the throne room of heaven, left the abode of the heavenlies, to walk on this earth, to experience life just like we are experiencing the frustrations, the pain, the hardships, the trials. I'm not even sure that, as the Word says, our sufferings are not even to be compared to the glory that we shall receive. To think that Jesus did that for us how much more are we willing? Not that we could even compare or pay a price or a cost or a value. We couldn't put a value on it. But are we willing to walk worthy of the call that he's called us to? Are we willing to daily recognize that he is our Lord and not just Savior but Lord of our life? Because the sacrifice he made was so real, to take that for granted would be such a shame. Lord, we're thankful, God, that you gave us life and life more abundantly. We thank, we're thankful that you have given us the right to become the children of God. And Lord, today we celebrate the sacrifice that made that way because it was you on the cross of Calvary that took our place. It should be us on that cross. But because you took the sin penalty to shed your life on the cross of Calvary, we have the freedom to have and choose eternal life. Thank you for the sacrifice of your flesh taken in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, over the years we've seen, sung multiple songs about your blood, how your blood will never lose its power, how we're covered. Lord, to think that your, your shed blood on the cross of Calvary is what has brought healing and wholeness to us throughout the generations and it's through the veil of your flesh that we enter into the holy of holies and today we thank you for making a way that we have and have the ability to have a right relationship a righteous relationship with you Lord thank you for, for the sacrifice you made to shed your blood that we are covered for eternity. We're no longer looked at as the old creature, but in Christ Jesus, Jesus, we are a new creation. Take and drink.
today we celebrate you, Lord. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate you being the Lord, the life, and the light. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you're the door from which we run in, that we can run into and be safe. We're thankful, God, that you are caring and compassionate. And Lord, I pray that we'll never lose sight of you being our first love. And Lord, today I pray that that there has been a rejuvenation of life in us. I pray that there's been an awareness made that we will want, desire, and seek your face. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room, God, who is waning in their relationship, I pray that today is a stirring moment, that there has been some ground plowed and some seeds planted and I'm believing for a outpouring of rain that will bring a harvest of truth and life in their life. Renew us by your spirit today. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you guys very much. Have a wonderful afternoon.